Hello, and welcome to the Heavenbound Podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and we are opening the Bible in search of fuel for your spiritual journey. This is where we talk about life, the way it was meant to be, and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus in the 21st century. We appreciate you joining us on the journey today. Well, this month, we've been looking at some <clears throat> basic concepts about studying the Bible, getting ourselves back into the Bible. And still in the month of January, a lot of folks uh, have that resolution, I just need to read the Bible more. I hope that's been a resolution of yours, and I hope you've stayed with it. You know, there's a lot of people who made a promise by the end of the year, uh, last year and the beginning of this year, and they've already laid aside those resolutions. <laughs> it, it didn't take very long, you know, and whether it's saving money or losing weight or spending more time with the kids, reading the Bible, we need to see how important it is we be diligent and stay about those things. And so in this little series, we try to give some insights into what will help you with studying the Bible. Our very first lesson, we talked about the setting or getting my bearings, as we called that, and, and how important it is to have uh, the proper tools and the atmosphere as you study the Bible. Uh, you know, if you are guilt-ridden, you may just say, well, okay, I've got to read uh, chapter two before I go to bed, but your mind is occupied, you're very tired, you've looked at words, you could check it off your list, but you can't remember a thing you just read. Well, that, that, that does no one any good. And so having the proper setting is so important. From that, we talked in our second lesson about the context, about approaching the context correctly, about understanding who's being who's speaking and who's being talked to and looking at more than just a verse here and there to look at the whole atmosphere of, of a passage. Why, why was this said? What's going on in the background and, and all those things with that. And so again, those are all saved. And uh, if you've missed some of those, that'd be good to get those. They'll help you with your Bible study as you go about this. And, and our joy, our joy and our, our hope and all this is that we'll get about reading the Bible every day. It will make a difference in our lives if we do that. So today, as we do part three of the series, we want to talk about the aspect of prayer. Priming with prayer is what we're going to call this, and how prayer needs to go along with our Bible study. Sometimes we may look at those as independent subjects. We got prayer life, we got our Bible study life, but really they fit together. And there's lots of verses that bring that up to us. And so we're going to look at a few of those today. And again, to help us understand the value of praying to the Lord as you then go and read his word. One of the first places that's come to my mind is in the book of James, chapter 1, where James says in verse 5 through about verse 8, he says, but if any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. That right there is prayer. You're asking God. You lack wisdom. Let him ask of God who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith without doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that man will not expect to re that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways." So James begins a section here by talking about praying for wisdom. And so I think Jason begins us to kind of ask some questions as we look at this through the eyes of studying our Bible. What's the difference between wisdom and knowledge? Yeah, I wisdom, in my mind, I, I try and make it just as simple as I can. I look at wisdom as 
living with skill, uh, living with God-given or God-cultivated skill, right? There are, are, are plenty of people who have intellectual knowledge about all sorts of topics, but they don't necessarily have the skill to live it. You know, I, I think of the, the sports reporter who can tell you any, uh, you know, World Series winner, they can tell you who was in each round of the playoffs 30 years ago in baseball. They can list every single Hall of Famer since, you know, pick your year, but ask them to hit a, a major league fastball. And they, there's no way, right? They, they know about the game. They might know a whole lot about the game, more than most everybody else. Uh, but in that analogy, wisdom would be okay, not just knowing about the game, but playing the game, being a part of the game. And, and that applies to our relationship with God, our knowledge of the Bible. It is wonderful to be a part of Bible classes, to read our Bibles, to talk about the Bible. But the aim of all of that learning is, is application, right? It is actually getting that word as a living and active seed into my heart so that my heart leads me to God glorifying action. I always, I always make it a little more simple than that from my mind. Uh, to me, knowledge is the knowing part and wisdom is the doing part. Okay. Yeah. And that, that's just how I kind of see it. I mean, a lot, like you say, there's a lot of people can tell you, well, I know this, but they don't do it. And so the wisdom is the doing part. So he's not praying for knowledge. Uh, the knowledge is something we have to do. We have to get about doing that. But he says, anyone who lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, it will be given to him. Now, that leads to this next question. How does God give us that wisdom? Yeah, well, some of that, of course, is God's prerogative. But prayer gets me in a particular frame of mind, right? I, I think of how Jesus started his great Sermon on the Mount with these blessing statements that get us down to really the heart of the matter. Blessed, he says from the very beginning of that sermon, are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Before he ever teaches about different aspects of everyday life, the way to live life, the way to maximize relationships for the glory of God, he talks about our hearts. And so how does God give us wisdom? Well, he works on our hearts. A, a couple of Sunday mornings ago, I was uh, in in Philippians chapter 1 in one of our sermons where Paul assures us God is at work on our wills and our work for his good pleasure. I know of very few things that can get us primed to learn and to apply more than prayer. Now, you and I, uh, we, we kind of joked before we hit the record button. Uh, there are a lot of people today who might not know what we mean by primed, but from the standpoint of painting a room, a lot of times you'll put primer on, right? Before you 
paint, apply paint to that wall. Or, uh, you know, in days gone by, if you're going to start an engine, you would have to prime that pump. Well, prayer is held out as an excellent way to do that. Before Jesus did many monumental things, before he selected from the disciples, the apostles, before he would deliver some of these most famous messages, he would pray. And it's no mistake that God through James is telling us wisdom is available. Let's start with getting our hearts and our minds right through the avenue of prayer. And, and what we need to see is this prayer for wisdom is not independent of reading your Bible. Yeah. It's not like, okay, you know, I don't have to read the Bible. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pray to God. And he says he's just gonna give me wisdom. Well, he's doing that through the study of God's word. And so it's more than just knowing, okay, on a map, I could find Jerusalem and I can tell you the kings of Israel and I can tell you the books of the Bible in order. And I, you know, you know th- those are Bible facts, okay? But the facts may not change my life. When I'm praying for wisdom, it's open my eyes and let me see Jesus. Yeah. It's let me have insight. Let me see what you're trying to get me to see in this passage. It's the idea of having an open heart to realize, okay, when I read some of these verses, it's going to knock the shine off my shoes a little bit. It may step on my toes a little bit because it's going to reveal that maybe I have a heart that won't forgive and God wants me to forgive. Maybe it's going to show that I need to be doing more than what I'm doing. And so the praying of the wisdom is going to take that knowledge from what I've read and put some feet on that. It's going to put some application on that. And so how important it is to begin with this aspect that we pray for wisdom. Pray that way as you enter and begin a study of God's Word. I appreciate you bringing up several of those things, and that sounds a lot like what we read in various sections of Psalm 119. That passage has been invaluable to me in recent years, giving me, you know, I would compare it to Kindling. If you're going to start a fire, you know, the, the, the goal, like you said, is not just to read words on a page and reach the end and be able to check a box, but to, to warm the fire of my heart, to warm my affections for God and my, my focus on Jesus. And so there are a, a handful of verses from Psalm 119, this huge psalm that really is all about the word of God that can help us pray. I I think of Psalm 119, verse 18. Roger, you used this phrase, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. That's a prayer, right? What a great thing to pray. What a great way to prime the pump of my heart before I begin reading, God, would you open my eyes so that I can see wondrous things? What other verses would you add from Psalm 119? Well, begin verse 33. There, there's a section here about, uh, again, he's talking directly to God. So he says, teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes and that I may observe it to the end. 
Give me understanding that I may observe your law. This is very, very similar to what I say in the book of James. And keep it with all my heart. Make me to walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Verse 36, incline my heart to your testimonies and not to to dishonest gain. Turn my eyes from looking at vanity and revive me in your ways. Establish your word to your servant as that which produces reverence for you. Turn away my reproach, which I dread, for your ordinances are good. And so through all this, he's talking directly to God. Yeah. And he's asking God, okay, help me. I don't want to just say, okay, these are the do's, these are the don'ts. It's like driving down the road, and here's the highway signs. No U-turn here. Here's the speed limit. Do this, do this. Here's all these signs, and I see them, and as soon as I pass them, there's no difference in my life. No. These are not highway signs. These are not do's and don'ts. This is the living God talking to you, talking to me. And so when I pray, I I want God to work on my heart, change me. We're talking about a character change, behavioral change. We're talking about making these things a part of my life. Um, Again, the book of Colossians would talk about how the word of God would be richly within us. That's that's a desire here as James is talking about praying for wisdom. Well, as I look at these verbs in Psalm 119, this is how, if I understand how God communicates with us and what he's looking for, this is how God builds a relationship with us and how we can build a relationship with him, right? Open my eyes, teach me, give me, lead me, incline my heart, turn my eyes, confirm to your servant. The goal is to build a relationship with our creator. Now, Roger, a lot of times, uh, I know you hear just as surely as I hear, uh, people in the modern world, a lot of times giving us one or the other, right? It's okay. Either I've got a book or I've got a relationship. And I, I don't, I, I would much rather have a relationship than just a book from God. Or I, I would much rather be able to hold the book than to try and build a relationship w- with someone that I can't see or hear with my physical ears. That sort of division is something that we are creating, right? That That's not God. God has not simply given us a book and then stepped away. You, in your podcast, talked just last week a little bit about deism, right? It's not that a book fell from heaven and then God was completely uninvolved in uh, life, but neither is it, well, I've just got the book and, or uh, it's not, I can have a relationship with this God and not pay any attention whatsoever to what he has said. It's it's both hands. It's both because, because without the book, you don't know the Lord. And so for those who, who, you know, are claiming I have a relationship with God, but they don't open the book, it's a relationship that they have manufactured. They made their own God. And usually it's a God that lets them dabble in sin. Usually it's a God that just is interested in their total happiness, whatever that involves. And so, so they build a relationship, but it's not built upon the real God. To know God, you have to have the book. But if you have the book and you haven't built a relationship, it's just become a, a book of words. 
and, and they become just highway signs, as I said well ago. So, so it's both of them. So we need the book to know the Lord, but we need the relationship to manifest a relationship with the Lord. And so they, they go together. And so, so one of the best ways of doing this is before you begin that Bible study is to say a prayer. And, and it doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to cover all the bases. You know, pray for the preachers. Hey, pray for the elders. Pray for the government. Pray for the weather. You know, we you just pray for one thing. Lord, open my eyes today that I may see you. Lord, may these words I'm about to read touch my heart. And then you read those words. Yeah. And you look at them slowly. And you're looking at them in the order he gave those words. And you're looking at the, the context, as we talked about last week, what's going on, why did he say these words, and what was he wanting from these words. And when you start doing that, it starts working on your heart. Uh, there's passages like Ephesians 5, verse 2, that says, let us love even as Jesus loves. Well, that even as, how did Jesus love us? You read that simple words, but you start thinking about that. How did Jesus love? He loved Samaritans. He loved tax collectors. He loved those who even were nailing him to the cross. And so when the the Bible says, I am to love like Jesus, and I pray that God will open my eyes when I read those words, it's going to make me think about my coworkers. Maybe there's somebody I don't like, and so I just don't talk to them. I avoid this person. Maybe there's somebody in the family like that. And so these start shaping my character and my behavior, and I start changing. And this is how the word of God, as as Hebrew says, is living and alive and active. It works on us because these words are the words that will make us what God wants us to be. You think it's a good thing to pray before we come to the church building on Sunday morning? Absolutely. I think it's good to pray just as Bible classes begin. Usually the teacher starts a prayer, but we each as students ought to say our own prayer. We're getting ready to have this Bible class, and we're going to be studying whatever we're going to be studying, and Lord, help me to see something in this passage. Help the teacher to bring something out that will help me be closer to you. And and again, we're, we're combining knowledge with wisdom. We're talking about wisdom taking us to a closer relationship with the Lord. And when we do those things, it changes us. And I mean, I have met people through the years that knew that Bible frontward and backwards, and they could quote it without even opening it. But their character, their attitude did not manifest Jesus. So there's a big difference from just knowing the book and then knowing the Lord who wrote the book. And that's kind of what we're driving at yeah. here. Maybe gives dad a good thing to pray Sunday afternoon before the family eats lunch to keep in mind, okay, what did we hear today? What did we sing today? Let's pray even about that, that God would help us to let that seed into our hearts so that we didn't just attend church services but that God will continue to work on our hearts and build our character. What a great thing to think about in connection with Bible reading. We've been exploring this month practical tips for Bible reading. We've talked getting our bearings, appreciating the context, 
priming with prayer. We've got one more session, Roger, Lord willing, next Friday. We'll talk about putting it all into practice. But we appreciate you listening to the Heaven Bound Podcast. We hope our simple conversation has helped you set your mind on things above and given you a little more fuel for the journey. Always remember, when you're walking with Jesus, you're heaven bound, and the best is yet to come.